I, Good morning. I was hoping maybe we could get video of between two pineapples. So I'm Kira. I'm one of the pastors here, or the other pastor. We're yeah, both pastors. I think I'm the other pastor. <laughs> and um, we forgot one announcement, which is that we have a kids ministry meeting right, today at yep. 3 o'clock here. So yeah. if you're on the kids ministry team, um, please come. We'd love to see you. We're going to connect with each other and support each other and talk a little bit about um, like kids ministry. Yeah. So won't that be exciting? There we go. Okay. Did, um, we, did we start the timer? We've started the timer. All right, so we've never to... preached together before, and we want to make sure that we don't keep you guys here for hours. So, so that's like our, that's, that's our, that's what success looks like. It's really a high, a high priority goal, but we'll see how well we do. So what are we talking about today, Josh? Uh, well, we are talking about uh, healthy conflict. So I'm really hoping that we can have some healthy conflict when this is all over, <laughs> uh, how, how this went. But, or being brave, really. I mean, yeah, it, it kind of comes down to courage, healthy conflict, a lot of it. Um, but we have to offer our caveat. So um, one thing that we're kind of aware of that's just in the sort of the zeitgeist or the, the, the atmosphere right now is I know a lot of people have been listening to the Rise and Fall of the Mars Hill podcast, which is pretty, I mean, Good, I guess. Tells the story of a church that kind of was a real mess, yeah. right? And so, um, but th- one of the things that you hear about in that is um, people used the verses that we're going to look at today uh, to justify covering up and maybe even suppressing reports of abuse in a church. And we just want to say that that is uh, really tragic and really just a terrible misuse of this scripture. That's right. And uh, so you know, we, this sermon doesn't apply to like, uh, cases of abuse or, or crime. In fact, let me just take a minute to give the same advice that I give to my children in the, um, hopefully unlikely event that they'll ever get kidnapped. If you find yourself in an abusive situation or, um, when in a, in a situation where somebody is committing a crime against you, like all bets are off, like speak out, get help, go on social media, tell whoever you need to tell, run, fight, pull hair, gouge out eyes. Get yourself safe, okay? Yeah. So what yeah. we are talking about today is yeah. the kind of conflict that probably most of us experience more regularly yeah. among family members, um, m- among colleagues at work, with your friends, that kind of a thing. Okay. Yeah. And am I off script? No, here we go. Yeah, so, yeah, so these, are, these are really different scenarios, right? Like that, that abuse scenario, the kidnapping scenario versus what we're talking about today. Uh, just don't misunderstand anything we're saying today as try to... Uh, cover up abuse or something like that, yeah. right? So, yeah. Okay, thank you for helping me get to where we need to be. So we should want, we want to look at the scriptures here. That's what we That's want to right. do. That's <laughs> right. All right. So, so um, we're going to oh bring yeah, up Matthew 18, uh, 15 to 20. So if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. God, thank you for the ways that you 
are big and you know everything and you can provide everything for us. And then also you can come down and give us practical advice in maybe these smaller things that are going on that seem big to us but I know are very small to you. Lord, as we seek you today, I just ask that you'd bring to mind the conflicts that maybe we have going on right now or maybe conflicts that we've experienced in the past. And God, would you just invite us into your healing and your wholeness? Would you guide and direct us? And would you make us brave and empower us to follow Christ, to be like you? We ask for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so... um you're supposed to ask the next question. Right? <laughs> We're going to start with the second half first. The second half first. So, which That's is really right. good because yeah. my burning question here is, are we talking about kicking people out of church? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you know, treat them as you would a tax collector or a, uh, you know, a pagan or something like that, you know. Uh, no. We don't kick people out of church. Not really. Not really. That doesn't really happen. Like, we don't have a pope. Um, you know, we're in America. I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> Uh, th- it's just a different context, right? Like we we really are in a in a, in a society that just so indiv- so values like individuality and freedom. Um, you know, we're we're really shaped by like democracy and capitalism, and so Which that really has changes. its pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, but it sh- it really just like changes the ways that we interact with church, and so uh, especially in this church, you know, we uh, some of the things that we value we value being culturally relevant. Like we try to talk in a way that's easy to understand and accessible um, while still holding to the truth. And we want to be authentic and, and real. Um, and those are kind of like core to the church's values. And so just like, you know, being realistic, kind of just telling you how, how does it happen that people uh, le- get out of church. People don't get kicked out of the church. People leave. Mm-hmm. Kind of like self-excommunication. Yeah, and it's, it's really kind of sad. Like, and and what's, what's kind of relevant to this conversation is that a lot of times people will leave because they can't, they can't handle healthy conflict. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't know how to have conflict. They don't know how to stay in relationship when there's tension in the relationship. And they can't, we can't resolve or work through our, our disagreements. You know, I, I wanted you to do something that you, d- that you were against doing, and so I left because of that. Or you asked me to do something that I, you know, I didn't want to change that way or I didn't want to grow that way, and so I'm just going to go and I'll find a church that I can be more comfortable in is really the way that it works. That's right. A lot more. Yeah, we kind of have like a vote with our feet experience of church in America, don't we? Like if you, you go where you feel at home and if you have a problem, a lot of times people leave. And what's really sad about that is that break in community is supposed to be a last resort. Yeah. It's supposed to be a thing that we rarely do and that we really work hard to stay together. Now, there are some exceptions to that, and we want to take these a little seriously. Sure, sure. So don't ever tell somebody, uh, that it's their fault that they're not healed. Don't do that in this church. That will make us upset. We will have a we will have a conversation about that if I hear that going on. So you, we we do pray for healing, right? Uh, but kingdoms down, not yet. We don't we don't assign blame for when something that we wanted to have happen doesn't happen. Okay, we just don't do that. Uh, and then of course, like we don't allow crimes or like illegal things like that would you know. You that, could get ejected. So, that, you know. that could be a significant problem. Right. But like if you missed your quiet time or if you have like a radical theological view and you share about it in a small group, um, if you're human, you know, like you belong here. Like yeah. you're not going to get kicked out for human stuff. Yeah. 
That's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so, uh, you know, the passage does say, like, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I mean, how did Jesus treat those people? With grace. Right? Jesus was really, really nice to sinners and tax collectors. If Jesus came in this room, and along with a bunch of uh, sinners and tax collectors and, like, all of us, um, Josh and I would the most be in the hot seat, and then all of you guys, and the sinners and the tax collectors would be, like, pretty golden. Jesus was really nice to them. Um, if Jesus, like, uh, was hard on anybody, it was religious leaders and religious people, you know, like he's got a high standard for the people who are saying that they're following him. And again and again, we see Jesus offering the welcome of the kingdom, this invitation he longs for and yearns for those who are outside of faith. He's going to find the lost sheep, leaving the 99. He's searching for the lost coin. Like sinners and tax collectors are, they're not ostracized or sent away. Um, Jesus is eating with them and healing them and looking to bring them into community with himself and with his disciples and with our loving Father. Yeah, I think that's right on. And, you know, maybe those people don't get to be in charge, but but they're, that's true. But they can, but they're still welcome to the table. Like, it's still come, come receive the grace of God, come, come, come back, you know, I think is, is the message uh, for people who are trying to walk away. The message is please come back, mm-hmm. you know. Um, hey, so uh, what's this business about binding and loosing? Because I feel like this is more your area. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm yeah. a Pentecostal girl yeah. in my heritage. <laughs> I went to small country Pentecostal churches. And something that's kind of positive about the Pentecostal experience is there's a lot of attention paid to the fact that we live in a physical world, but there's also a spiritual world. And um, I heard lots of sermons about angels and demons and my enemy is not flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, which is excellent for a young woman in high school who's like interacting with like mean girls and stuff, you know? Um, And this particular passage is a little bit mystical and definitely on that, like something's going on spiritually. What is it? We're binding something on earth, binding in heaven. And I did find myself a little confused on like, is the binding good and the loosing bad? Or is the loosing good and the binding? Like, am I supposed to bind the bad guy and loose blessings on the earth? Or am I supposed to bind the blessings to me and and get away from the bad guy? And I actually heard it preached both ways by, like, the same preacher at different times. <laughs> so, so I think um, there's some confusion here. Yeah, or maybe just a mystery. This is right? a mystery. There's a mystery. But I think we can ask, like, so what do we know about this passage? And I think what we do know is true here is that what we do in our physical walking around life, in our three-dimensional life, the words we say and the actions that we take matter. And they echo through reality, not just the part of reality that we can see, but through the part of reality that we cannot see. There's an effect that we have when we have it when we do something it causes an effect that happens not just between our fleshly brothers and sisters but also um in like spiritual realms yeah yeah that's good and i think i mean i think maybe one way to think about it is just saying that like jesus is really saying you guys are representing me right like there's there's like authority that's shared and given as jesus disciples as people who are saying we're following Jesus and in following Jesus, we're supposed to be doing the things that he does and saying the things that he would say. And when we let Jesus down, it has consequences. It has you severe were consequences. telling a story I mean, about I, this. I think that's what kind of what's going on right now is that like so many 
people have represented Jesus poorly, and there's kind of like a massive questioning of like, is is this anything, right? Is this worth anything? I heard this kind of heartbreaking story. This is back in the like early 2000s or 90s, but you know, just as an example of like really poorly representing Jesus, this gal, she was like 18 or something, and she had been praying for years for her 14-year-old brother to uh, finally like try out church, come to church. Kid shows up, and he's wearing some shirt that, I don't know, maybe it's got like a band or I don't know what I don't know what made the shirt inappropriate but the but the a, a lady in authority in that church community said you need to go home and change your shirt before you can come to church today and you know this is like a 14 year old kid he can't drive he's you know he lives 45 minutes away it's his first time at church years of prayer go into you know getting him over the line so that he can come to church and then that's the and that kid's an atheist now because of that experience, right? I mean, like, that's just such a, like, I hear these stories of, like, what churches are like, and I'm like, well, no wonder. I mean, like, you know, like, that's awful. Like, that's just, that's such a terrible thing. And, of course, we would never want anyone to have that kind of an experience in this community. Like, who cares what you're wearing or not wearing? Like, come on in. Like, you know, like, <laughs> as long as we're not I breaking mean, any I laws. I mean, do wear pants. Please wear <laughs> pants, at least. But, like... I mean, I think that might be the line, you know, <laughs> like, like as long as you got pants on, come on in, you know, like, I think uh, I, well, I think it's just like, what is church supposed to be? And the way that we act and the way that we define what church is supposed to be, it, it matters. It really matters. So then we've got this part about where two or more, you know, are gathered. And so because I've gone to small churches, maybe all my life, I, uh, I really have always heard this preached as like, there's still blessing if there's like just a couple of us, like Which it's I'm okay really if we're glad, small. Right? <laughs> like, I'm so happy to know that. Right? <laughs> but that's not really the original context. Yeah, like the original context, which I think we can infer that, you know, like I think it's okay. I think it's okay to say where two or more are gathered, there I am. It's church. It's church, right? Like, and, and maybe like, we felt this during the pandemic, right? We, we like when did, it's just us know? in our like living there room. There were a couple of people in the room making a video and broadcasting it, right? But that was church. And, you know, I think that, like, that we can infer that. That's good. But the context here is it's really about this stuff about conflict, right? And so the, the encouragement from Jesus, if we're, if we're feeling anxious about having conflict or we're anticipating conflict, Jesus is saying, I'm... I'm with you. And if you can agree about anything, I'm with you, right? Like, and while you're having conflict, I'm with you. That's right? good. Right? So, and, and like, if you can get to the point where you agree, then that can be really powerful, and, and God will be with us even more, right? Which so, I think that kind of takes us back to the beginning of the passage the now. Yeah. So where we talk about um, if you do or when you do <laughs> have a conflict, um, you know, confronting someone is obedience to Christ. Yeah. Um, and uh, in fact, and I don't want to get too carried away here, but like healthy confrontation is required from people who are disciples of Jesus. We don't get to skip this part. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Well, and did I define, hold on, did we, we might have... You've, in this. Do we want to read this again? Sure. Yes, let's, let's just read this again. All let's right, read so, this again. So uh, am I reading this? I'm reading this. Yeah. So if your brother or sister, this is why we've never done this, right? Okay. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. 
And if they listen to you, you've won them over. Like, that's where we're supposed to start. We're not supposed to start with vague booking. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to go to talk to somebody else first. We're, going to, we're supposed to have the conflict with the person, right? And so I, the way we've kind of summed this up is disciples of Jesus avoid triangulation. So this word triangulation is not actually in the passage. That's You've introduced a new in the word. Yeah, that's a fair critique. Tell us what this word means. Fair critique. All right, so I found a pretty good slide on the Internet from somebody who knows more about this stuff than I do. Uh, and they, they kind of defined it this way. They say that emotional triangles, the thing about emotional triangles, you've experienced something like this, okay? You've experienced this in your life. It's both, it has the feeling of being stabilizing, but ultimately it's, it's really destructive, okay? And so the way it goes is it goes like this. So you got Aiden, we'll say person A is Aiden, and Aiden is at odds with Bruce, okay? So Aiden and Bruce, between A and B, there's conflict, right? And so then Aiden, instead of going to Bruce, he goes to Chuck over here, and he goes and tells Chuck about his problem in an attempt to change Bruce's behavior. And so then what happens is Chuck gets kind of stuck holding the stress, and Bruce still has no idea, but Aiden feels better because he got it off his chest. He just needed to vent. He just needed to talk to somebody about it. And this, do you see how this could cause some problems? Maybe we've experienced this. Maybe we've kind of seen how going to a third party when you're having a problem with another person doesn't resolve the tension here. I just took my tension over to this other person, and now I feel better because I got to talk about it. I, you know, I told them what I want to say to you, or, or you know, or, but I'm lacking the courage to say to you, and and so now, now I feel better, but like there's still this thing that's kind of unresolved about us. You don't even know about it. And I think, like, so when we see this, you know, just between the two of you, go talk to the person just between the two of you. And we see this definition of triangulation. We say this is a bad thing to do. Does that mean that we should never ask someone else for help? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Because I think that asking for help is actually really natural. And we want to be a community that, can be caring and can help, and, and there might even be a place for asking for help mm-hmm. in a healthy way, but we gotta do that the right way. And so I think like the, well, I think you get to talk Seeking about Seeking wise right? advice yeah. <laughs> is really good. Um, so when we talk about asking for help, we wanna be really intentional in the way that we do that. Um, we don't wanna go ask for help as like, use that as an excuse to just go get validation and affirmation from someone else who's gonna take our side. Um, a lot of times as pastors, Josh and I fill the role of person C. So person A comes to us and says, I have a conflict with person B. And something that if we're doing our job, if we're doing good job, um, we're not going to go to person C for person A. Instead, we're going to say, hey, let's look at Matthew chapter 15, 18, 18. and let's, uh, let's talk about how you can go to person B and you can like work through that conflict in a healthy way with them. So why advice um, or wise counsel is going to be a person who they're not going to try to fix it for you. They're not going to intervene, but they're going to support you in trying to bring restoration into that relationship.
relationship. And we also talk about seeking advice outside the system. Um, my mom is really good at this for me because she doesn't actually know any of my coworkers. <laughs> and uh, she's not that, that dialed in with my friends. She lives far away. She's like, you know, she knows some of your guys' names because I talk about how wonderful you all are. But, um, but she's, not like, she's not like right there in the thick of it with me. And so then when I have a problem, um, something that she's really good at doing is she's not on my side, but instead she's on the side of the relationship being whole. She's really good at this with conflict between me and Josh. She wants me to have a good marriage. So a lot of times it feels like she's taking Josh's side. <laughs> and um, yes. I find that a little bit frustrating. And then also she, uh, she knows me really, really well, right? Like she knows, she knows like all my weak spots and patterns. And she can call me on the carpet when she says, oh, but isn't this just like in high school when you da-da-da-da-da or whatever, you know? And so by doing that, by getting to somebody who's outside and saying, hey, I need help, there's no like juicy, fun gossip in there to tell my mom because she's not really, she's like a wise woman. She's just not there for that, you know? Um, But she can really help me get to a place of seeing how maybe I might be a little bit wrong too, And she can um, hold me accountable because we'll talk again. You know, I'm not going to like, my mom's not going to say like, hey, go talk to your friend and sort that out. And then I'm going to never talk to my mom again because I don't want to tell her I didn't do it. So um, she can, she can hold me accountable in that way. Yeah. Your mom is cool. I, I, well, your mom probably watched Dragnet like originally. I don't don't know if she's that that old. We watched on Nick at Night. When did Dragnet Dragnet originally come out? I want to clarify, this does not mean that I was old enough. (laughs) to be watching Dragnet when it was originally <laughs> on the air. I mean, that show's pretty old at this point. So, uh, but the thing on, on Dragnet that they would always say is like, the thing about Dragnet is that they, they would depict, supposedly, they would depict stuff that actually happened, and they would say, the names have been changed to protect the innocent, right? And so they, they took like a real situation. So when we pray, uh, it's okay to say, you know, to, to use a pseudonym or to just say my friend, to keep it vague, you know, we want to we change the names to protect the innocent, or maybe sometimes to protect the guilty, right? Like, we want to not be spreading rumors about people in asking for prayer, or, you know, doing that thing, doing that triangulation thing, maybe unconsciously, I hope it's unconsciously, but, you know, saying, well, you know, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Well, you know, you need to be praying for it. You know, there's a thing in Christian culture where you can kind of sneak gossip into prayer requests for other people. And I will say, you know, I think in the vineyard, we actually have a pretty proud heritage for working around this or at least fighting against it. I'm not going to say it never happens, but like uh, in the original small group with Bob and Penny Fulton and the Wimbers, they were kind of coming out of a of a unhealthy church environment. There was a lot of hurt and there was a temptation to gossip and they kind of nipped it in the bud. And what they said is we're not going to we're not going to do the prayer gossip thing. We're just not going to play that game. We want to spend the bulk of our time and our effort on praying for our own stuff and working on ourselves. So if you want someone to pray for you, you can say, I want someone to pray for me, and we'll pray for you right now, and God will do stuff, right? So that's, that's all, that's really informs our kind of approach to prayer ministry is that say, we want to give people the opportunity, and at the end of every service, we, that's what we do. We say, if you want prayer, come forward. That's your opportunity to be vulnerable. And you don't have to share your dirty laundry with the whole congregation. They don't know what you're getting prayer about. It's between you and the person praying for you and God, right? So you say, I want God to do something to help me. 
I want healing or I need forgiveness or whatever, you come forward to get prayer. That's, that's the opportunity that we have at the end of every service. But if we want to pray for somebody else who's not in the room, the way to do intercession, because intercession is really good and really powerful, uh, if you have someone else you want to pray for, a lot of times the way we'll do that, somebody wants to bring up a prayer request for somebody else, we'll just say, hey, will you lead us in prayer for that person? And that way we spend most of our time praying for that person rather than, well, what happened next? How, you know, like, ooh, you know, tell me more. You know, like we don't want to, we don't need that many details we can just get we can just get into praying for that person. That's right. right? And for some of us those boundaries are really important. Just some of us are going to be, you know, we all kind of have like the sin that's easy for me or the sin that I have to work harder on. And for some of us that's gossip and so being able to say, "Hey, if you're going to ask for prayer for someone else and intercede and you want your friends or your small group to join in that, being vague is fine because God is big. He knows all of the details and we don't need to know all of the details to pray for someone so specifically. It's really important that we stay away from gossip because that is a sin yeah well and we're talking about sin so like what what counts as gossip i feel like that might be yeah an important definition yeah so i think some um a good starting place although this is incomplete is if you imagine the person that you're talking about to be in the room and you ask yourself am i talking about this in such a way that i would be ashamed or embarrassed if they heard me talking about this way about them you know like if you wouldn't say it to their face maybe you shouldn't say it behind their back or would they be ashamed or embarrassed you know are you sharing so many details about someone else's personal life that it would be hard for them to be in the room as well because it would be like they're suddenly very vulnerable or exposed um and this can be true you know i think with um uh, particular, well, you know, I think one other thing we have to think about before I get to that is um, that's not like the full thing because sometimes, depending on your openness and the person who you want to get prayer for, their openness, um, you can, um, you know, maybe I'm comfortable, maybe even the person that I'm talking about is comfortable, but maybe the people that I'm talking to aren't comfortable just because we all have different levels of like where we're comfortable. So I think like some sensitive topics that we can just all say, let's be really careful about our money and um, sex, uh, health issues and status issues and sin. I think those five are pretty good that we can say, well, let's be, let's try to be particularly vague when we talk about those things. We don't need to get super detailed. Um, the one with health issues, I think, is particularly difficult. Like some people are like, well, that's not gossip at all. But if you think about someone who's had a particularly difficult health struggle, um, something like cancer maybe that's gone on for years, or maybe like a journey with fertility, health issues can be so painful for us. And then to have another level of like, feeling like now I'm exposed because my mom shared about this with all of her friends or somebody at church shared about this information in their small group and like I'm not in control now even of like my own story and I don't get to own that that's something that we want to be um that we want to be careful about so um I take the view that um like I'm I'm really sensitive about money and Josh isn't it's just the way that I was raised my family is a lot more apparently they're wrong they're so wrong (laughs) Like, it's a thing. Like, and like, I, can't, I'm, I don't I'm always, feel like I'm, I'm in control of, I'm like, I, I don't think I'm saying anything. And you're like, oh, I'm my like, gosh, will you stop? You know, you're, I'm always trying to send signals, right? Yes, like, right. please stop talking yes. right now. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on with her? Why does she look? 
like she's about to explode. Um, So, so, and the thing about that is that being sensitive about this kind of stuff, it's just a way that we can be loving to each other and kind and respectful. Like a, a lot of times I think when someone trusts us with information that's sensitive, it's good to be conservative. It's good to see ourselves maybe even as like a conservator, like I'm here to protect this information. I'm here to protect this person. And in that we can kind of walk out and be like Jesus with flesh on, like we can play the part that God has for us to play in supporting our friends and family as we intercede for them, but also as we're really sensitive in protecting them. So, and then... um, Sorry, I'm not always sensitive. Oh, you know. (laughs) Hey, you know, the other thing that we'll just say, we don't really need to spend a whole lot of time on it, but, like, obviously, like, if you're sharing information with someone else, like, like, you're choosing to gossip, you know it's gossip, you want to like paint a bad picture of someone else like obviously come on you know that's pretty dark like don't do that so what does healthy conflict look like well i think that's a really good question and i think i think honestly like the place for us to start and like the most applicable verse of this little passage is that first verse where jesus is really telling us to have the conflict okay and i think it's particularly for us is like midwesterners right and and also as like christians and then we just we just said you know you have to represent jesus well right so we kind of add pressure some more, we kind of add some more pressure to it right so you know there's we feel a lot of pressure to be nice like be a nice person be a kind person right everybody wants to be a nice and a kind person but here we have it from jesus right when i mean he says if jesus is a lot more hopeful than I am. I'm probably a bit cynical. In my life, it's when. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, in my life, it's when, right? It's like when you have conflict, right? But if you have conflict, uh, you know, go, if your brother or your sister sins, go to them. Go have the conflict. Go tell them. Tell them how you feel. Let them know you're hurt and, like, assume that they're going to care about that and that you guys can work through it and that there'll be apologies and stuff. Now, I do think that one thing that makes that a little gentler, one thing that makes it a little easier, one thing that makes me kind of helps me get over my wussiness whenever I'm feeling hurt is if I can kind of go in in more of a curious posture. It kind of takes the edge off of the confrontation a little bit and and it also just recognizes that I might not be understanding what someone else meant, right? Like like there's I have a lot of anxiety and insecurity within myself and that uh, and i'm trying to become more aware of that right like we're trying to be a self-aware community you can see how it was good that we kind of preached some of these other sermons and ideas you know before this kind of working up to this but like it's important to know kind of what's going on inside me and how what's going on inside me might be coloring the words you know like you might be saying something totally different and i could hear it and be deeply offended and you don't even know, and didn't even intend anything. And so maybe when I'm coming to you as an offended person, maybe just kind of asking, hey, what did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know, when, I, when you said this, I heard blah, blah. Is that what you meant? Mm-hmm. You know, did you mean how that made me feel? Like, was that what you were trying to do? And I think a lot of times, just like kind of starting in a humble and curious place can really kind of, you know, diffuse a lot of things, right? Because if I come in all hot and angry, uh, you know, that's a different, it's just a different conversation, right? Yeah. 
I think that's it's true. It's harder to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know? So we want to go to the offender first. We yeah. want to ask for clarification. Be curious. And then finally, we just want to talk about being honest and being hopeful. You know, getting through conflict, we need to bring our whole selves to the conflict. Proverbs says that above all else, the heart is deceptive. <laughs> and sometimes I don't even know why I'm doing some of the things that I'm doing. So I at least want to I at least want to represent myself as accurately and as honestly as I can. I was uh, having a conflict with someone that I care a lot about um, a little bit earlier this week, actually. And um, the plan had changed, and the other person had changed the plan and they didn't tell me that they were they just kind of assumed like oh we're gonna do it this way and I'm like oh that's like a change was, was that me no <laughs> it wasn't oh, you it was somebody okay. else all right oh, you, not this time, this time. <laughs> um so uh, so we were kind of talking about it. it was getting a little awkward and and i said you know i feel like i just need you to say i'm sorry i need to change the plan and i could forgive you i get on board with the new plan but i just need you to acknowledge that like you've changed the plan and i don't understand why you're not saying that and this person said you know what, you're right, I do need to say that, and I don't want to say that, and I don't know. And it was just so wonderful. Like, we both, like, had a laugh about it. Like, I don't know why. Like, I don't want to say it. You know? like, and um, really and nice so we kind of like talked through, you know, so the plan was this, and then it I'm was sure that. It and I think, I'm sure. Because <laughs> um, this person copped to it right away. <gasps> oh! <laughs> oh, burn. Solid burn. We are going to have a conflict about this later. Um, <laughs> we're teasing. Um, anyway, and so, but just that honesty of, like, I don't know why. Or sometimes this will happen with us. Like, I'm the shout in our family if somebody's going to be loud it's usually me and sometimes that, as I'm going I just have to start saying like and I'm raising my voice and I'm shouting and I don't know why I'm, and I'm trying to stop you know and just like I saying those whenever things whenever you do that you know, it's really you, like we can laugh a little bit it breaks the tension when you have one of those thoughts like maybe I'm being stupid in this conflict right now <laughs> say it like it's such a gift to the other person it's such a gift to the whole thing you know you're not going to lose ground you're actually going to go forward that way yeah. by doing that yeah, and I think that's a really good point about how, like, I think the thing, one of the things that makes us afraid to have conflict is we're worried that it's going to ruin the relationship. So often, conflict is the thing that makes the relationship better. Right. And I think that's yeah. where we really get to hope. You know, we're not just like a speck in the universe, a collection of atoms and cells, one animal fighting another animal for survival. We are spiritual beings. We have a Father who loves us, and He will fill us with hope and love and compassion for one another. He's the one that brings us into community. There are so many voices in our culture right now that are saying, that are egging us on to fight, 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 and get into, get into, like, separate yourself. You know, so many ones say, like, if you just distance yourself, secede from the union, or, you know, put in space, or, you know, who, what are the toxic people you need to cut out of your life? You know, there's so many voices saying, break community, get away from the bad influences. But I think for the most part, like, we're all just human beings trying to make it. And staying in that community together, even when it's hard, even when we disagree, this is the grace of God. And this is the future that he has for us. This is the gift that he wants to give to us, is this restoration of community where we're known and seen and loved, not because we think all the right things or we always do the right thing, but because we have value, because Jesus says so. 
You know, it says in the Bible that Christians are to be known by our love for one another. And that being able to stay together, that togetherness, even when times are tough, even when maybe we're not voting the same way as each other, even when maybe we're not making the same decisions about masks or vaccinations or how do you interpret the events of the day, being able to stay together that way is something that God wants for us and that Christians should be leaders in in our community. I heard this beautiful quote, and I was young when I I heard it, so I didn't know to pay attention to the citation. But somebody said of Christians, we are the soul of the world. And I think that that is God's vision for us. I think we fall short of that a lot of the time. But that commitment to staying together, to moving through conflict together, that's the kind of thing that brings life into communities. That's the way that we can, just by being present in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our families, that we can bring the kingdom with us wherever we go. So with that, yeah. would you stand? Would you stand? There you go. Okay, so if you want to gossip about somebody, come on up. No, I'm just kidding. 